0: The time is 2.08 and that means we join Andrew Dambina for the latest global and local food and drinks news. Good afternoon to you, Andrew.
1: Good afternoon, Sylvia. How's it going?
0: It's all right. And how are you? I can hear What do I hear in the background? Are you out and about somewhere?
1: No, it actually might be the fan in my office. Oh, right. I thought it's
0: raining, maybe.
1: <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, I, you may hear me walking around during this interview because for the second time in a very short space of time from my office at home, the road has been dug up. Oh, uh, this gosh. Time, even closer to where I live by a different <laughs> party of diggers. Okay. So let's see how it goes. All right. If, it, if, if I start moving around, it'll be to a quieter area where I can close... Uh, close no up, problem. Up, close That's up. fine. Okay, okay. Um, so... Yes, a mixed, a mixed bag as ever and starting off in our own Hong Kong for a report that came in over the weekend uh, over a bit of chat that went on towards the end of last week, which is good news for Hong Kong's challenged food trucks. Mm-hmm. They are going to remain in business. They just received a new business prospect in the city's new art hub. The one that you've been to recently, M Plus. Mm, mm. um, it's um, around the Kowloon Cultural, sorry, the West Kowloon Cultural District. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, there's been a move to allow vendors to operate any, um, anywhere around their grounds. So six um, food trucks are going to be. Wow. Yeah, six. Yeah, out, this is this is out of fifteen that were originally given. Um, licenses to operate back in 2017, when John, the, John Tang, then financial secretary, launched the idea of food trucks around Hong Kong, but they had to be in designated spots unlike in other parts of the world where they can roam around and serve where they fancy. Mm. Here it was much more you've got to be here or there, fixed locations, um, but, uh, but because of um, uh, this was 2017, So uh, after, you know, the protests of 2019 and two, two and a half or whatever years of COVID we're into now with restrictions, uh, not many were left. There were four still in business out of the 15 Mm -hmm. um, as of um, uh, as of the end of last week but six licenses have been granted and two operators are going to chance their arms to join the four that remain from the original lot and also um bag their spots so there'll be a, a, a mixed type of uh, food from from asian to western mm. uh the two, one of the two new ones i know is going to be um thai mm-hmm. so there'll be all sorts of uh, food and the Thai, Thai will be interesting because they're very big on street food um, themselves. So, the um, the West Kowloon Cultural Authority announced this at the end of last week that they'd come to an agreement, and they actually lobbied or helped the operators to get permission from uh, from the the relevant government departments um, that would be um, the uh, you know the, the kind of, uh, around the things like food hygiene and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, to To be able to uh operate there Now, you were there recently, Mm. Sadia. Do you Mm. think that um, that that would add to the experience? Yes,
0: absolutely, because actually when I was there, they did have this big sign for (laughs) restaurants, and Mm. I have a feeling that those restaurant things hadn't actually opened yet. But there was a a restaurant that said like an all-day restaurant, and it was actually closed, and it said it's closed because it's for a kind of private function or something on the day. Uh. So I felt that there wasn't enough there at this moment in time, Mm. food-wise, and there was such lovely seating outside that actually something like these food trucks as long as they're all legit and clean and nice and food is good i think would be yeah. absolutely amazing yes I
1: right think. Great. well um i mean certainly until two decades or so ago there were lots of street vendors around hong kong which mm. uh, after a kind of purge on Things like uh, accidents with boiling hot oil. Mm. Uh, there were some terrible accidents, I remember, in the nineties. Mm. Which um, uh, so there, there, was, there was the safety aspect as well as the hygiene. To be honest, and that's when a lot of um, well, no more hawkers' licences were granted, and uh, and food vendors had to move to in, inside to the food halls in uh, usually above or adjoining wet market. Mm-hmm. So it will be nice to see
0: something mm, uh, nice.
1: out on the streets. It adds to uh, uh, I don't know, it adds, uh, to be able to eat uh, outdoors and in a landscaped area is an appealing prospect, isn't it? It is lovely, so,
0: and lots of people were out there actually at the moment when the weather is still okay.
1: Mm. Well, I, I mean, I've been to the site for other things. Cluck and Flap, the music festival, mm-hmm. used to use the West Kowloon, um, well, cultural district um, area to, to set up its stages, and there were there were food Operators there, I mean, very, you know, very well managed, uh, of course, um, all all in a line and um, serving things that were more suitable to be sitting down and uh, and eating in the outdoors. And I guess that's what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. The district authority for West Calvin Cultural District uh, um, signed the contracts, then um, hoping that there will be more demand. For the food vendors as well, as the opening of the Hong Kong Palace Museum is going to happen later this year, as well as M Plus just opening. So there's a lot of scope for passing mm. hungry people. Mm. So mm. hopefully, hopefully that will happen. There were the um, there was a uh, an article actually on Saturday in the South China Morning Post about this, as among other media that covered it, and they spoke to a few people who, um, such as. Um, uh, the owner of some food trucks, um, there was one who has moved his truck or is going to uh, from Disneyland, where there was a there was a pitch for one food truck to to the West Colon Cultural District. Um, and uh, he says that he thinks that he's going to prefer this area because there are um, there's there's more. Uh, there will be more customers mm-hmm. around. It's mm-hmm. been, but it's so hard. I guess it's hard to judge if things open up. Then, uh, then they'll know yes. how, how yeah. what, what the footfall yeah. is like. Um, and a customer interviewed in the same SEMPR article that was published on Saturday um, says that vendors should be allowed to operate anywhere in the city. Saying, "I visited food trucks in Europe, and I and I think the way they operate there is." than in Hong Kong vehicles should be allowed to go anywhere they want for flexibility and another customer said that they found the prices a little bit high from food trucks but were prepared to pay a bit more because it's quite an unusual Mm. enjoyable Mm. experience to do that Mm. so so I think I think people are gonna like it Yeah, I think so
0: anything's a good place it's going to touch you'll find out after a little bit of time actually
1: yeah definitely right so Moving on to a completely different subject now. Um, There have been two companies, two distributors of drinks in Singapore that were recently charged with exporting uh, soft drinks and alcohol to North Korea. And um, this is prohibited. There's a a prohibition of commercial trade with North Korea that was put in place uh, at the end of 2017. So this has come to light after some investigation because uh, basically it's breaching that law. So the first company um, called One Two Three Duty Free, well, rhymes, something not that faces faces five charges under the regulation of imports and export regulations. Uh, the, uh, the the authorities say it supplied in Hong Kong money more than two million dollars worth of. Pocca brand drinks, which are... That's that's a Singapore um, manufacturer, but it's under licence of uh, parent company Pocca in Japan. And they do everything from um, ready-made milk coffee to chocolate milk um, to iced teas to fruit juices. And that's been going on, according to the investigation, since August 2018 until now. So a lot of units going there and uh another another company which is a sort of a subdivision of of poker itself in singapore has also been accused of of doing similar um from uh about um 2016 actually but le- getting them to go from uh from singapore via china to north korea okay. so this is a big uh a big sort of case that's going on they've uh They've been charged. They're going to be going to court soon. And if convicted, the One Two Three Duty Free company could be fined in the Hong Kong money uh, about six hundred thousand uh, Hong Kong dollars, or three times the value of the goods, whichever is higher. The report said. Well three times the goods would be higher because that was about two million dollars so they might find themselves
0: six million in fines
1: it could happen and um and if they repeat the offense again which would be a bit daft (laughs) they 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 would and the fine is then doubled so um i think they're out of business then really (laughs) could be yeah i mean you certainly wouldn't do that again would you if you do get struck with such a hefty fine so um, that's, that, that was something completely different. And um, we moving somewhere else in the world to the North American region, uh, we spoke very recently of a new trendy-looking Asian night market-themed mm, uh, food and drinks hall. Yeah, do you remember? In yes, Toronto. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. And it seems to be on trend because something similar is about to happen in the summer July August time in New York oh, will also right. be indoors, mm. and that's one of the uh, that's the kind of neon glowing. Yeah, is that, I that quite nice and actually? It does look good, mm. doesn't it? And mm. it? it shares it shares something um, something that's quite similar to the one in Toronto that we mentioned mm. and laughed about because Canada's known to be quite cold, but then so is New York on occasion, isn't it? Snow mm. and mm. harsh winters. So it's indoors is what I'm getting at. It's a um, so it's based on the night market theme, and it's not the same. It's not the same group, or and it's, it's not even related in terms of developer, but to the to the one in Toronto. But it's just interesting that this this seems to it's be sprouting trend. up. It does yeah, very cool, actually. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, and it's um, the the those who are behind um, getting it ready say that in their language it's cyberpunk inspired, <laughs> um, and uh, it's going to be in Queens. The uh, so the the Flushing um, uh, area or neighbourhood of Queens in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's more of a um, it's more of a kind of upscale or well-heeled suburban neighbourhood. Although people do go there specifically for some of the lifestyle um, options that are on offer there already. It's going to be in a venue that's called Tangram, which is a uh, T A N G R A M, which is a large-scale complex that's quite new in the flushing area of of, of, of queens uh, which has also become home to some desirable luxury residential towers uh, as well as some uh, some office towers that are quite uh, quite swish and to um, top end retail it's and But desres the then there.
0: yeah yeah hmm. very
1: much it's become a new desres area hmm. of new york and this will be at its hub it's uh, there's, there's also a a, a new york flushing hotel that's there and some uh, other entertainment complex, a, a cinema complex that's okay. described as four D X, which I haven't heard of before. That's all, okay. so all <laughs> apparently I looked I looked into it. When I saw that written down I thought, what is that? <laughs> it's um it, it's just four D for a start. four D X extra that stands <laughs> for. And it's um so you've got um you've got all of the kind of um, squirting mists oh, as well right. so as okay. chair shaking okay. and all that sort of oh, thing. That sounds great. That's what it's all
0: about, so. <laughs> So yeah. then, after um, that, will come four dxx like you know,
1: even more. I, I guess that'll be yeah, oh yeah, or version two. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what they'll call it? Yeah. Um, but the the interior of renditions and the picture I I sent to mm. you, Sardia, is actually a rendition because it hasn't opened. Oh not quite right, the date okay. yet. so it's you know computer graphics Generated, look, yeah. it like, looks so, good. so so realistic these days. Yeah. But it's um it's created by B. H.D.M. Design and, it, and the principal of that interior design company his name is Dan Mazzarani. He has he actually based this he says on his extensive travels through Asia. Okay. Um, he'd been to Singapore to our very own Hong Kong to Beijing and Taipei. When he was brought on board part of the fact that he came up with drafts that were very uh, uh, reflective of, the, of, of those places appeals to the, uh, the developers behind it. Mm. He when he, and also um, ma, uh, the designer, Mazzarini, claims to have been in awe of the popular uh, night markets in some of the places that he's been to, as well as uh, some of the other food and drink establishes that he says have a unique kinetic energy, a frenzy of people, products, sights and smells. It does sound a bit like some of Hong Kong it places does. when they're operating normally. It isn't does, yeah and uh I bet he found the night markets physically um very different to food markets in other parts of the world because they still sometimes have generator run neon signs yeah. Yeah. and uh and even yeah and even lit archways in um in what would appear to be uh, just small lots yeah. of land where they are allowed to, um, you know, to take place. Yeah. So he's trying to get all of this in there. In the daytime, though, there are windows. Um, the, the picture. So the light, of light is different during the it? daytime. That's yes, right. Yes, yeah. So they will use some natural light, and the and they have big windows, uh, and they will play with the sunlight that comes in through some of those windows, which are going to uh, bounce off some reflective metal that's been put in. Sounds like another very interesting little environment there mm. by night what what you see um and what the listeners can see if they go to sardia's facebook page yep. um is uh bright bright dancing lights that are going to flicker you know to attract the attention as it would be on the streets, tv screens and as well as food from around the uh asian region there will also be as there was in toronto um a a bar area um, which uh, as it's indoors is even going to have um, a disco ball a la oh. 1970s
0: <laughs> It looks so a bit night anyway doesn't it? <laughs> yeah yeah
1: Sounds like an assault on the senses It's a good one
0: <laughs> Good If, if the food's
1: half food tastes, so You can find out more on the website um, of Tangram which is the, uh, the the retail complex where it's going to be and that is T-A-N-G-R-A-M N-Y-C dot com uh Yeah, and the last thing I want to mention today is a crazy idea talking about America in the recipe section of something I subscribe to, which is the food section of the New York Times newspaper, and um, it's an expansion of one of the most popular sandwiches in France, which is known as the jambon beurre which means ham and butter, mm. which is the most simple of sandwiches but it's uh, but it is uh, it, it is uh, it is a delicious uh, thing that is um, you know simplicity can be delicious sometimes. But what the food one of the food editors of the cheeky New York Times newspaper um, is is suggesting is to so cut the baguette as usual, and you do include the ham and butter, mm-hmm. but put in a lot of jam.
0: Yeah, I was jam, wondering what that. I, I thought say. it was pickle or something, but it's yeah, actually jam. It,
1: <laughs> and it, and it's, a, it's in a hefty amount, isn't it? Mm, uh, just drew, proposal, coming out, oozing
0: out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The
1: proposal is that it adds a little bit of um, uh, sweetness, which can be like a relish. Mm. Still keep some Dijon mustard in there, which is normally in the French version with just the butter in the hands, usually a bit of Dijon mustard. And to sprinkle in some black pepper, which will sort of add a bit of spice to the sweetness of the jam. And uh, this this rendition... Is actually not as far fetched as it may sound because in a, uh, in a cooked French sandwich, they have a couple of these. They have the croque monsieur, but in another one, which is called the Monte Cristo sandwich, <laughs> which is, um, which is basically ham and Gruyère cheese which has an egg batter or an egg wash put on it and then mm. kind of fried in, okay. a, in, a, in a frying pan. Oh, so the um, cheese so the, melts. The cheese is melting, yes. yeah. Um, uh, it, that is sometimes um, sprinkled or dolloped with um, raspberry jam in France.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: not such an unheard of crazy idea. It does take some, uh, well, some inspiration. It's a
0: bit of a relish. I think, you know, I, would, I wouldn't I mind if there was a little bit of sweetness from jam, but not too much jam, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a um, I mean, sweet sauces. There are there are lots of them around, aren't there? Yeah. There's mint jelly, which is quite sweet that people have had for you know with lamb for a long time mm. in Western cuisine. Mm. There's mango and other chutneys in Indian uh, food. Um, you know, sweetness against uh, against a, a savoury uh, cranberry sauce. We mm. could go on. Yeah, yeah. On
0: there. There's quite a lot. Brilliant. That looks lovely. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So that's that's not all I have for the. To, uh, when it was just a major, mess, even a recipe for, um, for a ham sandwich.
0: Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Andrew. Just when the line is getting a little bit funny, thank you ever so much, and we shall talk to you on Thursday. Now you'll be back on Thursday online. Thank you very much. Sure. Right. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye.